Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. We are doing the split. Talked about that this was going to happen. So this is a Tuesday episode, December 7th, 2021. Uh, Monday, we had our Talking Politics episode. I opened the show up, and then Sean and Rachel took it from there. And a very big thank you to the two of them. I thought they did a wonderful job. And uh, I think I even caught a couple of compliments in there, I think, to to myself. So I will take those. Uh, you know, anytime you can get compliments from folks who are that witty and that creative and that smart, uh, it feels pretty good. So I appreciate it from Sean and Rachel. Uh, and I thought they did a great job. So uh, that's that's nice that we can do that and hand the ball off to one another while we do other things but keep the podcast going. So uh, this chat is me and Tony Boronowski. Tony Boronowski is the publisher. He and his wife actually are both publishers at timecitizens.com. Tony has a really cool story of small media, right? Uh, That's part of what we're doing. There's kind of a revolution in small media. And it's really neat to get to talk to somebody. Now, what what he does and what the Time Citizen is there, actually, it's actually part of a larger uh, media company, but it is not what you think, right? This is not like a Sinclair kind of thing. This is a very local, family-owned media company. It's this one small media market. They have a radio station, a newspaper, right? They have a few different things, but they're independently owned. They're not part of this, you know, a huge national conglomerate or anything like that. So it's a little bit different coverage. They get to look at things a little different way. They get to be, you know, truly journalists with what, with what they are doing. And uh, which, you know, some people in Missouri who are the governor seem to have a pretty big problem with that. Uh, journalists looking into things, uncovering information, giving that information to the public, the public learning about what goes on in government. It's a real dastardly plan by those journalists to inform the public what with their goings-ons of the government and whatnot. But hey, that's what's going on. So talking to Tony Bornowski, really interesting chat. Reminder, you can find us, heartlandpod.com. You can click the button right there to go to our Patreon page, and you can sign up there. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of our extra content. Uh, There'll be some chats that go into the extra content over time. We have a couple of last calls. We try to do one of those every other week uh, to have a last call with me and Sean and Rachel. Last call, last call. I'm not going to edit that. That's you're going to get that. So, uh, with Sean and Rachel and I, we do a last call that you can get every other week, and we kind of cut loose. We'll take one topic and just cut loose on that one topic instead of kind of a larger show, uh, you know. And we let it we let it go a little bit. We let you know we let it breathe. We let it sing. A little bit, you might say. So uh, check that out, heartlandpod.com. Go to the Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you all the unlocked stuff, the Heartland News, the last call, all that good stuff. Uh, and we really appreciate the folks who have signed up. We've got some uh, some hardcore uh, podheads, some official podheads, some podgressives. We've got a little bit of everybody in the mix, and we appreciate everybody who has signed up. Uh, and we hope that folks will consider doing that to support this independent media because, you know, this – this is just a hobby, kind of, but it's also not a hobby, right? We're doing this for real, uh, and so your support helps. We would appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter, at the Heartland Pod, and on Facebook with the same thing. All right, so uh, let's get into the chat with Tony Boronowski, publisher for TimeCitizen.com. Oh, and I realized after I had already talked with Tony, I had not clicked a button 
And so all of the audio you get from me is my computer's microphone, not my usual microphone. So if you notice that between this section and the next section, the audio changes a lot, you're correct. Sorry about that. Uh, Hopefully that won't happen again anytime soon. And now here is Tony Boronowski. Let's have a chat. All right, we're here for Let's Have a Chat. And for this particular chat, I have Tony Baranowski. I know I got it right. I asked him before we started recording. Uh, Tony is the newly named publisher over at Times Citizen. He's coming to us from Iowa. And I'll let him tell us about where in the hell he is in Iowa, because I think I know a little bit about Iowa, and I do not know where Tony's coming from. So, Tony, welcome to the Harlan Pod, man. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, interesting. Interesting. This is my first podcast. Tomorrow morning i'm doing an interview with iowa public radio so you're you're my warm-up you're my training ground well this will be way more fun uh because there's no there's really no rules here (laughs) so you know we can do whatever we want because even if you say something you don't want to say i can just cut it out so it's all good yeah so So, hey i thank you again for having me uh just a little bit of background on who i am where i'm at uh so my name is tony baranowski i am publisher at Time Citizen Communications. We have a twice-weekly newspaper in Iowa Falls. We have another smaller newspaper out to our east, the Ackley World Journal. We publish a shopper. We have a radio station. We have some other parts that make our company a little bit more diverse than what you might think of when you think of the traditional small-town local newspaper. Yeah, That is what we are, and that is what we've been since I got here 17 years ago. Nice. When I when I started here, I came. I first of all, I met my wife working for the University of Northern Iowa uh, college newspaper. Sure. Um, I followed her while she went to grad school. She went to J school in Iowa City. I got a job at a community newspaper while she was going to school. She then got a job at a daily up in North Central Iowa, the Fort Dodge mm-hmm. Messenger, and I needed to find a job in this part of the state. So I came up to Iowa Falls, really just fell into a fantastic situation with a local owner, family-run newspaper that, like I said, is a little bit more diverse than you might think of as uh, a lot of small-town newspapers. But in my time since then, uh, I was promoted to director of local media, and then here just recently was named publisher, co-publisher, along with my wife, Sarah, who is also the editor of the Times. Wow, it really is a family affair. That's very cool. It is. It very is. Cool. And uh, it's very much like that. But, uh, you know, we also have a press uh, here south of town and print um, quite a few other publications, including mm-hmm. some of the some of the big farm publications from across the ag publications is the way I should say it sure. from across the Midwest. And we sell advertising into ag publications from California to New York. Yeah. And this is totally independent media, right? There's no, you guys are not a Sinclair or one of these cluster groups. No, Mark Hamilton owns Time Citizen Communications. Uh, he has since the mid 80s. His story is really interesting in and of itself. He um, he grew up here in Iowa Falls. His dad owned the newspaper. Uh, Mark, Mark left, went to make his own bones in newspapering, lived in Alaska for a while. 
And then when his kids were about school age, he decided he wanted to come back to Iowa Falls. He purchased the newspaper back and has since built it into what it is now. Um, When he bought it in the mid-80s, right before the farm crisis, it was just a small-town weekly newspaper, and uh, he's the one that brought the diversity in. Changed up the revenue model. Sure. Took it to a real multimedia type company. Right. Exactly. Wow. That's very cool. Last week, um, we got into a conversation about journalism and and really about coastal uh, journalism and, and, you know, right now hearing about us, right? Hearing about the heartland, hearing about flyover country, hearing about the Midwest. It it feels like we get talked about a lot, uh, but it doesn't seem like we actually get covered very much or listened to, I guess, very often. How do you see that from where you're in this? Because, I mean, you're talking about decade plus, almost two decades in independent journalism in something falls, Iowa, basically north central Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Iowa Falls. We're 45 Iowa minutes Falls. from yeah. everything. We're 45 minutes from Waterloo, 45 minutes from Ames, 45 minutes from Fort Dodge. 40. Right. It's, a, it's a really good situation if you want to be a rural guy. Sure. We're not, we're not far from Chick-fil-A in any direction. Sure. <laughs> or some really good blue cheese. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it just feels like they don't. They don't exactly what you just said, right? That they don't understand that dynamic. That when they talk about the Midwest, they seem to be talking about St. Louis. But really, when you talk about the heartland and flyover country, what you're really talking about is towns that are 45 minutes from everything, and and, and the right. dynamic that that is. And I, I mean, the, you asked me a really broad question, so I, I don't know how many different directions I can go with this, but I have many thoughts on this subject. Yeah, wherever you want to go, let's go there. So let's just start out with, okay, I'm, I just told you, I'm 45 minutes from everywhere. When I got my first newspaper job, I lived on the south side of Iowa City. Iowa City is probably Iowa's oh, third or fourth biggest city. It's a college town, mm-hmm. you know, um, and culturally, it's, it's as like advanced. kind of got a skyline. Barely. Sort of. we, have, we have the old capital there. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you've got the, you know, everybody talks about the wave. We've got the... Um, yeah, the children's hospital that looks yeah. out over Kinnick Stadium, right? Uh, but that's about it. Those are the tall buildings. But it's not a small town. You know, one of the biggest malls in the country is in Coralville, which is next to um, next to Iowa City. I have eaten at that um, food court. It's huge. Yes, yes, <laughs> monsters. The Cinnabon, amazing. Anyway, when I lived on the south side of Iowa City. Uh, the first job I got out of college was on the north side of Coralville. So basically, I'm driving from one city to another. They're connected. And it took me 45 minutes to drive across town mm-hmm. in the morning or in the evening for work. And now it takes me two minutes to drive to work. Yeah. Um, and if I really want to go get a good piece of blue cheese, it takes me 45 minutes to get to Waterloo. Right. Considering us, considering us all like these rural hillbillies is is just ridiculous because we're all everything is accessible. I'm only an hour and ten minutes from Des Moines. My mom was in the hospital for a long time uh, last month or last year, and I drove back and forth to the hospital in Des Moines. Right. It's it's not uh, it's the same thing as driving across town if you live in St. Paul and Minneapolis. You right. Know? Right. 
that's the starting point. The second, the second thing is when you're talking about media. Um, so I laugh about this a lot with a lot of different friends, both both rural and you know I have friends that work at the New York Times that we talk about how. So first of all, I, I was a little bit different than Missouri. We get a little sure. bit more of the spotlight, especially yeah. the New York Times. New York Times loves Iowa <laughs> because of the caucus. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think Which it's is a whole other show. We can talk about why that's right. insane. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me too much money. I can't say anything bad. <laughs> I can't imagine I can get you to say anything bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newspaper so, man from Iowa is not going to pitch posh exactly. on the caucuses. No, I know can't. that. We, I mean, we all get it. We all know. But we're all just going to keep our mouths shut about yeah, it. Yeah, no, those rates are good every four years. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we all agree. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. That's all right. It's a great point. Um, so um, I, I, I lost where I was. I talking about, oh, my friends. New York are, Times likes uh, Iowa. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they do love, they do love Iowa. Uh, and it's got to do with a couple things. One, just the caucuses, but also the exposure that Iowa gets during the caucuses. We have this intense, intense media focus. Yeah. Everybody from every outlet is bounced around to every community. I, if you name uh, if you name a presidential candidate that has run for office in the last fifteen, jeez. Oh, well, let me let me put it this way: the last five elections, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have seen them in my community. In person. Right. I would imagine except, there's like a real personal connection to Iowa from a lot of these media folks that otherwise would never be in the Midwest, but they wind up spending weeks in Iowa bouncing from town to town to town. Right. So they develop a lot of connections that, you know, e- even if it's not uh, a source, it's somebody that they can call and say, hey, who can I talk to about this, right. about hog confinements or ethanol or any of those things? Um, so we get we get. A fair amount of focus, I think, but you're exactly right that they they still have this kind of um, flyover uh, mentality about who we are, what we do here, uh, our economy, and treat us as oh they well they definitely treat us as other, you right. know, yeah, and um, sometimes sometimes we just get a kick out of it, and sometimes it. Turns out to be pretty offensive. Yeah. Uh, but but we've also gotten used to it. Uh, and I think what you are seeing now, because we have uh, some really good media people in the Midwest, and because of the way that the work dynamic has changed in the last two years, is we're getting a little bit better picture when people are covering uh, the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Because more of the journalists that are writing about it are based here or based closer to here Mm -hmm. because you can, I mean, you can live anywhere and work for the New York times now. Right. It makes sense. There's, there's no reason to be next to the newsroom. Like (laughs) you can top on a zoom call and, uh, from, from anywhere. I mean, you and I are doing that. You know, you're in the middle of Iowa. I'm in the middle of Missouri. And here we are having a conference call as if we're in the same room together. So, right. so that, why not have real local coverage? Yeah, that started to evolve a little bit. You know, it's always been um, it's always been my big pet peeve that, listen, we, we really do have great journalists in Iowa. And I, I don't understand why 
those big outlets don't at least work in conjunction with us. Yeah. You know, if, if we're going to do a story on, Oh, some of the big issues, um, let's say birthing centers in, uh, rural hospitals, which have really started to dwindle in Iowa, especially, um, if you're going to do a story on that, why would you not talk to the people who have already reported extensively on it? Sure. You know, yeah. instead they send somebody out here for a month and, and bounce them around and, and then they write a 60 inch piece for the times. And it's just, um, it's still just a snapshot, you know, right. It, right. it's, it's not very well. It's, it's not a tourist well. view. Yes, exactly. That's a good way of phrasing it. How important do you think it is to continue to have independent media like what you all are? Because I I know, you know, we've only been doing this for about a year and a half, but one of the things that has made us in the last eight months or so able to really let loose is that we are a very small private company, right? And we have no word. We don't have any financial backers. We don't have anybody who's cutting a check and saying this is what it needs to look like or anything like that. We're just doing our thing. And there's a particular freedom that comes with that where being, you know, not being offensive, but being not afraid for somebody to be offended, I guess, uh, by, by whatever the information is or the, or the take or the spin or whatever, you know, angle we take on something. Is that something that you think is an important factor? I, I think it absolutely makes a huge difference and, and it doesn't matter on the level, you know, um, the, uh, let's say the Minneapolis star tribune is a, independent newspaper and they do a great job. It's one of the few dailies that is still really, really good. And a lot of that has to do with them being independent, um, not owned by, you know, these global corporations that have bought things up. And when people say newspapers are failing, they don't understand that newspapers have been, um, I mean, the terminology is pretty gross. You know, they, right. they've been absolutely stripped down, gutted uh, for their profit. Right. Newspapers aren't failing. They've failed. I mean, they, for, well, the, for the most part, they have. it happened, and we're already were, in the reinvention phase. But they were robbed. I mean, those, those explain, explain that, because I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but what do you mean by that? Those corporations bought news newspapers and media organizations for a reason. We're going to get right back to Tony Boronowski, but just wanted to remind you, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, too. All of our podcasts will upload automatically on our Facebook, and you can catch them there as well. Reminder, go to heartlandpod.com and get signed up for the Patreon. Five bucks unlocks everything. And now back to Tony. They were profitable. They could grab a hold of that, strip it down, fire, you know, fire 50% of the journalists and, you know, every photographer and half the people that were doing uh, copy editing. Basically, they cut staff to line their own pockets and make make shareholders happy. That's what those, when you hear about Alden Global Capital, that's what they did. And they continue to do it. They continue to buy them up because newspapers still are profitable. They still are. Um, and, and people don't understand that. They, they just assume that it was technology and, 
everything went to hell because we didn't know how to keep up with the times, right? Right, right. News, newspapers have been really innovative. They've tried to figure things out. Uh, they've served their readers in a thousand different ways, whether it's, you know, email newsletters or social media or, um, you know, pivoting to video, which didn't work, but we tried. We kept on trying everything. Video is just too much. <laughs> it really, it really so is. Work. <laughs> and people love it, but it is. It's a ton of, it's a ton of work and there's no yeah. money in it. Um, I don't think people understand how much production quality goes behind those minute and 30 second videos that they see. And it's, it, you know, they feel off the cuff, but they're not. They, you know, they've got a PA that's behind the camera. They've got somebody that's taken that, you know, an hour's worth of film and turning it into a minute and 30 seconds and cutting it perfectly and it's H, you know, up just I, anybody who's never done it before, go outside, take an HD video on your phone and then upload it to YouTube. Take a two minute HD video and upload it to YouTube <laughs> and wait. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it, it got to the point a few years ago where I, I started telling our staff, like, listen, I appreciate how seriously you guys take it when you, you know, actually put in the time to produce a video, but man, just put something dirty up there, you know, put something 30 seconds that's raw video because people are still going to watch it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to have a voiceover or a fade in or any of that stuff. It just needs to be video for people to pay attention. Right. Um, It's a, yeah, it's a simple equation. So anyway, uh, independent media, yes, it's it's critical because, um, I, and I I guess the dis, the different distinction that I make is between community journalism and the quote unquote mainstream media, or sure. you know the the big dailies that we're talking about that have been bought up by investors and. Um, what we do is different. Uh, we are beholden to our readers and to the communities that we serve. Yeah. Um, yes, I have an owner. Uh, I, I, our company has an owner, but sure, he, he's been in it for thirty years because he loves Iowa Falls and loves newspapering. Right. And that's what most of my staff is in it for too. Uh, no one, no one goes to J school because they think they're going to make a million dollars. You know, sure. it's just, it, it's, it's not a realistic, it's not a realistic option. Um, you go to J school because you believe in journalism. Right. How much you've worked at multiple places. How much easier do you find it working at a genuinely independent place to be able to tell genuinely tell the truth? So I've been, I've been lucky. Most of my career has been spent here. Um, and no one has ever tried to censor me. I've never had anybody step on me. I've had people complain, people complain to my bosses, stuff like that, but, uh, nobody has ever tried to do that to us. Um, we, we have people that get upset, but, uh, here there, there really is no issue. People understand we're, we're going to tell it like we see it. Right. Um, I, my frame of reference on the other kind of the other side of that is more limited. So I, I, am not great at, I, I'm not well educated in talking about it, but I can tell you what I've seen through my friend's eyes and stuff like that. Okay. And 
truthfully, the journalists in those places do fantastic work. They, they bust their butts. They, they aspired to the same thing that I aspired to coming out of school. Sure. And, um, and frankly, they got, they got the better job coming out of school. You know, they, right. they climbed the ladder in a different way. I just, I just got lucky, fell into community journalism and realized that it was a better path forward for me sure. than, you know, trying to get to the Chicago Tribune. True. That makes sense. So I've got a theory about media right now, which is that we are in the media equivalent of what happened about 15 years ago to beer, where there was this like really long period where beer became totally homogenized and you there was Bud Light and there was Coors Light and there was Miller Light and then there was like, you know, Stag and Hams. And that was pretty much it. I guess like MGD was out there, right, in High Life. But that was really it. And then suddenly, one day, beer just started popping up all over the place, right? And there's, you know, uh, if you're of a certain age, you had a fat tire from New Belgium, and, and you're like, what is this magical elixir, right? That was my, that was my gateway beer. <laughs> that's right the ex- Yeah, that's right. I think you and I probably had a very similar experience with that. Yeah. And then suddenly there's Boulevard, and there's Schlafly, and there's uh, what's that one up in Wisconsin with the cows, uh... Uh, yeah, Spotted Cow. Spotted right? Cow, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. all these places start popping up, and now it's, you know, you don't even have to leave a state, and you can go to, you know, drive across Iowa, drive across Missouri, drive across, well, not Kansas, but most other states, and you can find, you know, just there's a hand. There's a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but, uh, but they're all in the same place. You don't have to drive across Kansas to get the beer. You can just go right to Lawrence, and there it is. Um, but there's all these beers around, and it's got people looking at beer differently, and it's got people looking at Bud Light and Miller Light differently and Coors Light right differently. And I think journalism is doing the same thing where we have, you know, we, we sort of got into this space where it was CNN and it was Fox and it was MSNBC and it was – the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, and that was kind of it for most people's media consumption, or USA Today maybe, right, because you could get that in your town. And now that's changing, and people are looking at it differently, and I'm seeing people going, I'm not getting rid of cable for the cost. I'm getting rid of cable so that I don't give CNN and Fox News and MSNBC any more money because they're not doing anything worth my money. Mm-hmm. And and they're taking it to places like, uh, you know, the Time Citizen. They're taking it to places like the Missouri Independent down here that started doing some pretty good work. They're, they're taking it to places like us, to our Patreon page, where they will give us a couple of bucks to have conversations with people like you instead of, you know, whatever. Well, not Chris Cuomo anymore, but whoever's on CNN, right, whatever conversation they're going to have. Am I right today? I didn't see if they fired him yet or not. So by the time this comes out, I have to figure that dude's fired. There's no way he's still at the job. I, I sure hope so. It's insane. If it was in, if it was like a regular person at the network, they'd have been fired weeks ago. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my theory. Does that make any sense, or was that just a bunch of rambling? Crap? No, it does. It does make sense. I I think that uh, if you want to think about the root cause of why it's blowing up right now. Um, that's uh, that's an interesting question, and I, I and I think there are quite a few different reasons. Um, you know, with beer, it was because 
then it was cool and it tasted good and 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 hanging out in a brewery. And they changed funny. the federal law. Yeah, <laughs> they made it to where you could have more yeah, beer. And all the states followed suit. But right. uh, um, when it comes to media, you, it's a byproduct of a few different things. One, uh, information is so accessible, and, right. and publishing it become has become um, an instantaneous thing right. for everybody. Right. Um, but also you have an incredible number of uh, journalists that are out there trying to find a way to continue to make it work as journalists without the, you know, uh, daily newspaper gig that they may have had 15 years ago because so 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 many fewer of those jobs exist anymore so people are starting podcasts and people are starting uh independent newspapers i i was part of the uh west virginia new start program it was the first class last year um it was a master's program based focus on uh, innovation in community journalism, right? Okay. Um, and, it, it, you know, it was, I think our class was about seven people, and they're in the middle of their second class now. Um, but you, you, what I found was this, this really incredible, diverse group of people from across the country that were all interested in serving their community whether it was a minority community. Um, think about community in the more broad sense, not sure. so much uh, Iowa Falls plunked down in the middle of Hardin County, Iowa, but um, my friend Crystal Good, who was in our class, is publishing a newspaper for black people by black people in West Virginia, which is like as minority as you can get. Sure, yeah. Um, she's, she's serving that community, and... Uh, another another friend, Becky Palak in Arizona, is doing a startup, a nonprofit startup in Tucson. That uh, it just seems so cool, and I'm endlessly impressed by the people that I got to hang out with in this class. Um, but she's she's jumping ship. She did jump ship from one of the big media conglomerate companies so that she could do a startup in Tucson. And I mean, she's in the fundraising stage and she's doing great. That's wild. So, yeah. So you, you have these cast offs and people who are trying to serve communities that have never been, never been served before by the media. And, um, there's, there is, if anything, a renewed interest in the news and good, not, not good, like positive, but well, yeah. Yeah. Well gathered news, trustworthy news. Um, people are starting to figure out watching CNN ain't it. Right. Right. That's definitely true. Well, let me let me switch to some light stuff here, and we'll close it out uh, with some favorite things. All right, favorite things number one. What's your favorite part of being a newsman? 
Uh, favorite and least favorite thing is I, you know, uh, my kids give me a hard time. We go to the grocery store and, uh, it takes me an hour and a half to walk through the store because everybody knows me. Everybody wants to talk to me about something. <laughs> and, um, sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's negative, but sure. I never walk out feeling, uh, like I'm not an important part of the community. Number two, you're a father of twins. What's your favorite part of having twins? Um, it's it, it's all going very fast, and it'll be done. <laughs> no, every every stage, every stage, it's just been like, okay, we're we're done with that. On to the next, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's just fascinating. We have boy girl twins, and watching them side by side is uh, it's very very interesting watching these two little people turn into yeah no I, I i get that i've got three of them all six or under so it's it's they're all at the totally different stages it's it's yeah. crazy it's boy crazy. people always people always ask me like how do you do it how do you do it with twins now the twins is it's so much easier it's so much easier <laughs> after you get through the first year which like you're barely even conscious Wait, i always say the first year is just the people don't realize it until you do it but the, your entire job the first year is just don't die just survive. Please, yeah. please don't die please grow and eat yeah. things and please when you go to the doctor don't have the doctor go well they're a little yeah. small I don't know. For, yeah first year with twins was brutal <laughs> since then I, you know i i feel very very lucky to yeah. just be motoring along all right, uh, final one. Favorite part of living in Iowa? We talked about the fact that you're, you know, you're kind of accessible to a lot of stuff. But what's truly the favorite part of living in Iowa? You know, um, it really is. Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful place. I, I wish. Uh, I wish that people took a little bit better care of it, but. Iowa Falls is really, uh, you know, you think of Iowa as being flat and all farmland and, you know, corn and beans and and that's it. Um, we have limestone cliffs and a beautiful river running through town and uh, these these bridges. There's a walking bridge and a big riverbend area and mm-hmm. parks everywhere. Amazing green space. Um I, I like being outside in Iowa. Uh, yeah. We get all four seasons um, here in Iowa Falls. You know, we celebrate all four seasons. <laughs> I was part of a group that helped start a winter celebration where everybody gets together and skates on the river. I mean, it, it is like, That's cool. um, yeah, it, it, it's idyllic, idyllic, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. And, and we have these, these people who come out of the woodwork and take care of the ice skating rink, you know, it, uh, one guy in town bought a, Z- a Zamboni, he bought a Zamboni <laughs> so that he could take care of our ice skating rink. It is a very Iowa type, like snowmobiles and Zambonis. And yeah, I yeah, can, I can see that. It I can is. see that. It's yeah. like a combine for the winter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But it's definitely not bush light, all right? We are not all bush light guys. That's not the thing. Well, Tony Baranowski, man, I really appreciate the time. Uh, folks, if, you, you know, if you're curious about what's going on in Iowa, check out the Time Citizen. Check out what's going on up there uh, doing good work, and uh, hopefully we will talk to you again soon, man. Hey, thank you. This, this really was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. 
Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com, subscribe, and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.